Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise again one more time. You guys can go ahead and be seated. It is, uh, it's always an honor to get to speak to you. And uh, I just want to honor our pastor, Pastor Dustin, the way he leads and the way he preaches. And yeah, amen, amen. Just the, uh, the integrity and the character that he leads with. And, and, and also just for this sermon series that we've been in. He's done an incredible job of putting this series together. And uh, it's called What Would Jesus Do? And so the last few weeks we've been talking about uh, the, last, uh, the, the last week of Jesus' life. It's called the Passion Week or the Holy Week. And so today, I get to talk about uh, Wednesday. And I will warn you, I am not nearly as energetic and as lively as Pastor Dustin. So if I put you to sleep, just go ahead and sleep. We lost an hour of sleep last week. You can gain it back this week. So, um, so just bear with us, and, uh, and we're going to... But, but before I get into this, I want to kind of recap what we talked about a couple weeks ago. So uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Dustin talked about uh, the Saturday and Sunday of Holy Week, and we talked about Jesus uh, entering into Jerusalem, and the crowds were worshiping Him, and we talked about uh, how to worship just with everything that we've got. And then last week... Uh, we talked about when Jesus entered the temple and he flipped the tables and he cursed the fig tree and we talked about starving certain things in our lives and sowing, uh, sowing into our lives the Word of God. So, so that was Sunday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of the, the Passion Week. And now we get to Wednesday. And what's interesting about Wednesday is the Bible doesn't say that anything happened on Wednesday. It literally says nothing that Jesus did on Wednesday. So of all the messages for him to give me to preach, I thought, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to talk about uh, 30 minutes of something that the Bible doesn't talk about? But as we got to talking about this, we kind of thought about, you know, what if we covered, uh, what if we talked about the times in our lives that God doesn't speak, the times in our lives where God seems silent? He's never really silent, but when He seems silent. And so that's actually the title of today's message. Uh, It's simply when God seems silent. So if you're struggling uh, today with a season where it feels like God is just a million miles away, uh, you're in the right place today. And I believe that today uh, just may be the day that God ends that season of darkness and silence that you've been in. So with that said, let's pray and we're going to go ahead and get started. Father God, thank you uh, for the worship that we've already experienced. Thank you for uh, just gathering everyone here today. Father, I pray that you would speak uh, through me. Father, I pray that you would um, just hide me behind the cross and and let your son Jesus be the only person that gets any glory today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So it goes without saying, everybody falls into these seasons, uh, uh, dark seasons in life from time to time. That's kind of a no-brainer. Life sort of happens in peaks and it happens in valleys. And in those valley seasons, a lot of times we don't know how we got into the darkness, uh, but a lot of times you feel like God can't see you, like you can't feel Him, you can't hear Him, and you don't even know if He's hearing you when you pray, if you're praying at all. 
And if you are, and if he is hearing, you question, does he even care? And that's nothing new for us in this day and age. Even King David, King David was the king of Israel, a man after God's own heart. In Psalm 13, King David says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? So King David even had seasons where he felt like God was far away. So why should we be any different? So when God seems silent, where do we turn and what do we do? And as always, we look to the Bible for our answers. So I want everybody to do something. We're going to have a little group activity here. So grab your Bible, and and I'm going to try to do this with the mic. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I did practice it. Flip to the very first part of your Bible. So go all the way to the left and flip to the book of Malachi. It's probably going to be about two-thirds of the way through and just stop there. And just hold that page real quick. So we go from Genesis, we're going all the way through to Malachi. And then once you get to the end of the book of Malachi, flip over, and I have some notes in my Bible, but flip over a few pages to where you see Matthew. Everybody get there? Okay. So I want you to know something. Malachi, the book of Malachi ends chronologically about 430 B.C. Matthew, the book of Matthew, does not start till about 3 to 5, maybe even 6 B.C. So between Malachi and Matthew, there is about 430 years in Bible history where there was no recorded word of God. God went silent in a way. There was no promise There was no recorded voice of God. There was no record of God talking to his people. And that's not like God because in Genesis 1, all the way when we started at the very first of the book, in one chapter, it says God spoke nine times. He spoke things into existence. Later on, God spoke to Noah and told him he was going to make it rain. And Noah, Noah had never even seen rain. And because God told him what to do, he built a boat. God spoke directly to Abraham as an angel of the Lord. And he called him out of his homeland and told him, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. God spoke to Moses. He came to him in the form of a burning bush and said, I want you to lead my people out of slavery in Egypt. God spoke to Joshua and he told the Israelites to march around the city of Jericho seven times and blow trumpets and I'm going to give you the promised land. He spoke to Samuel in the middle of the night when he was a little boy and told him he was going to make him a prophet and Samuel ended up anointing two different kings of Israel. He spoke to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire and King Nebuchadnezzar had thrown him in there and he said, look, I put three people in there, but there's a fourth one walking around, and he's unharmed, and he looks like an angel of the Lord. And so all throughout the Old Testament, God is speaking, and he's leading, and he's guiding, and he's directing people, and then we get to Malachi, and it's radio silence. And it's like God just stops. Now, we don't know exactly why that is, But maybe that's the place that you're in today. Maybe God has been speaking and God has been close to you and you've been experiencing that intimacy with him. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Everybody's story is different, but if that is your story, there's a few reasons 
why you could be experiencing this season of silence between you and God. It could be that you just kind of, uh, you know, like the story of the sheep that wandered off from the fold. It could be that you just slowly and slightly just started moving away from God. There was no major declaration. Nobody said, hey, I'm, I'm done with all of this. You just kind of drifted. It could be that God's testing your faith. Maybe God's allowed you to kind of drift into this darkness to see if your faith is really as strong as you think it is. Maybe you got into the darkness because life got busy and crazy and you got too much on your schedule and so many activities going on and there was just so much noise in your life that you just started to tune God out. And he said, well, if they're not going to listen to me, I'm just going to stop talking. See, sometimes we can't hear God because our lives are so noisy. Or maybe you've been in a season where you're just directly just disobeying God and your disobedience has made your heart hard and calloused and unable to hear him. The Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, he said they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And finally, maybe you've been in a season where you've just experienced some pain and some loss And you're just questioning, if God is so great, why did he allow that to happen to me? And that hurt, that causes us to distance ourselves from God. And that chasm, that gap, just gets wider and wider and wider to the point where we can no longer feel him and we can no longer hear him. So no matter how you ended up in a season today of silence and of darkness, you may be questioned, has God given up on me? And I want to encourage you today, the answer to that question is no, God has not given up on you. And how do I know that? Because I've got in my hand right here the story of God's faithfulness. Because after that 400 years of silence, The Bible says God still had a plan for his people. And that's what we're going to look at today. That's the text that we're going to look at today. We're going to look at, in the New Testament, so God had been silent for 400 years. We're going to look at the very first event when God breaks that silence. What happened? It's not necessarily at the very beginning of Matthew, of the New Testament. It's actually in Luke. But we're going to look at the very first event of the New Testament, and that's actually the birth of John the Baptist and when God spoke to his mother and father, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And so, we're going to be looking in the, the, the book of Luke. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. The book of Luke, chapter 1, verses starting with verse 5. So, if you don't mind, out of honor and reverence for God's Word, we do this every week. Would you stand with me as, as I read and uh, as we look at what Scripture has to say? Luke 1, verse 5. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Now I want to stop there. Keep in mind, This was 400 years that nobody had heard anything from God. And look at what Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing. They were walking blamelessly in the commandments and statutes of the Lord. 
They were remembering God even though he hadn't spoken to anyone in 400 years. But they had no child. This is verse 7. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. So they were in this generational silence, but they were also in a personal silence. They had been praying and seeking and hoping, but up until now, nothing. Verse 8, now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how am I going to know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel just comes back at him. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among the people. We're going to skip over to verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, because remember, Zechariah couldn't speak, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened, Zechariah, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied in a song. You can go ahead and be seated. So when the 400 years ended, Gabriel appeared, he spoke to Zechariah, and he fulfilled what Malachi had foretold 400 years earlier. 
So what do you do when you're in a season of silence? What did Zechariah do? What did Elizabeth do? What can we pull from this text as far as what we can do when we're experiencing darkness and silence and distance from God? A few things. Number one, we walk by our, we walk by our faith, not by our feelings. 2 Corinthians 5 puts it, we walk by faith, not by sight. So if you can't feel or see, or you're not sure that God's even in the equation, if he's in your situation, lean on what you know to be true according to God's word. See, when the angel Gabriel arrived, he found Elizabeth, remember in verse 6, he found Elizabeth and Zechariah, they were walking upright, living in the promises of God's word. See, we're a generation, we walk by feelings, not by faith. We get our clues from what we feel, what we read, the vibes are all around us, what we see, what we take in, and we just say, well, if I'm not, if I'm not feeling it, I'm just not going to do it. I want to challenge you today, take that phrase, I'm not feeling it, and turn it into a prelude. I may not be feeling it, but I'm going to continue in the faithful pursuit of God's promises. See, there's nothing in this word that says that our faith has to be corroborated by our feelings. It's actually just the opposite. The word says that our feelings will be informed and line up with our faith. Number two, we repent and we reorient. See, darkness has a way of of disorienting us. We start thinking, and we start believing, and we start speaking things that are not true. They're not in line with God's Word. We get into this negative self-talk, and we get into even patterns of sin, and we get into anxiety, and we get into depression. And some of you, if you've been in a season of silence or darkness, you don't even know if you're right side up or upside down or left side backwards or whatever. You don't know what to believe anymore. You don't even know if you believe anything at all. Now, I'll be honest with you, I am, I am what they call directionally challenged. Sometimes I cannot find my way out of a wet paper bag. Um, it is literally this, that, I don't know where my phone is, but Siri and, and the GPS thing on my phone, it is a godsend because I just type in where I'm going and that little blue line pops up and you just follow the little blue line and you just do what it tells you. And sometimes I can't even, she's telling me what to do and I still make a wrong turn. But when I do that, it, it always says rerouting or recalculating. It's, it's, it's getting a new path. It's getting me back on the direction. Well, God's Word is sort of like that GPS. It's this internal mapping system that allows us to look at our lives and say, oh, I need to make an adjustment to this. I need to reroute. I need to reorient my life to what God's Word says. I need to get my mind centered back on truthful things. I've lost hope in God's plans. I don't know what he's doing. I've been trying to figure all this out on my own. And maybe I just need to look into the Bible and see what God's word says about this situation. So sometimes we just need to reorient ourselves because we've been so far away. And if you've been in a pattern of sin and uh, and just disobedience, that's time to repent. Repent basically just means it literally, literally just like the GPS. If you're going in this direction, repent means to turn and go the other direction. So sometimes we need to repent of our sin and turn and follow God's direction. Number three, we need to stay connected to believing people. 
See, dark seasons have this tendency to make us want to isolate ourselves and remove ourselves out of community. But these dark seasons and seasons of silence, that's where we need people the most. And see, this is church. It's a community of faith. We are not all doing all okay all the time. Some of us have had terrible weeks, and we're at really low points in our lives when we get here at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, and some of us are on cloud nine. We've had fantastic weeks, and we're just, we're, we're, we're fantastic today. Some of us, uh, you know, some of us have, have, like I said, have just incredible uh, attitudes, and, and just, you know, when we walk in the door, it's just, uh, you know, we're on top of the world, and then sometimes people are just in the lowest of the low. See, it's okay to come in just like you are. Not everything always has to be happy fun time and roses and, and sunshine and all that kind of stuff. This is a church. It's a community of faith, and we're all at different points in that faith. So just come as you are. And if you're at a low point, maybe you're going to sit next to somebody that's at a high point. And maybe if you've had a, a great week, you're going to sit next to somebody that's had a terrible week. And your faith is going to rub off on each other. And that's how the church is designed to work. If you're, if you're sailing along and your sails have wind in them, and, and uh, maybe you're going to sit next to somebody who needs to get on your boat for a while. And so that is how that works. That's how the church is supposed to work. It's when we're honest with each other that our faith sort of rubs off on each other and we can minister to one another. There's a cool thing that, that it said in verse 8 uh, that I love. It said, when, when Zechariah was serving at a priest, as a priest before God, he was serving when his division was on duty. See, he and Elizabeth were in this low spot in their lives. They had prayed and prayed and they hadn't gotten a child, but yet he was still in church because his people were scheduled to serve that day. So what do we do? Go to next, join the greet team or the park team or the prayer team or the usher team or whatever team it is, and show up when you're high and when you're low. Even more so when you're low because you don't feel like it, and that's when you need the church and your people the most. So get connected with some people of faith because that's where you need to be when you're in those dark seasons of your life. And number four, worship God in the dark season of silence. See, that doesn't make sense. We want to worship God just like Zechariah did after the miracle happens. They had prayed and they had seeked and they had, you know, prayed and, and she was barren and finally they had a baby and then Zechariah worshiped. That makes sense. We get that. But I want you to notice that Zechariah didn't just erupt in praise the minute his son was born. He was worshiping and praising in the barren day before the angel even arrived. He was worshiping in the 400 years of silence. He was stoking the fires of worship so that a fragrance could rise up to the throne of God. In the wondering, he was worshiping. So just like Zechariah did, you and I can figuratively light a fire and we can burn incense to God. You can use your voice and you can say, God, I don't know where you are. I don't feel you, but I know you're a good God. And so therefore, even in the silence, I'm going to praise you. See, when God broke that 400 years of silence, he found Zechariah 
at the altar and he was burning incense of worship to his God. When God chooses to break the silence in our lives, may we be found worshiping at the altar. See, when you worship him in the silence, there's a song that's lifted to heaven and the quiet is broken. The name Zechariah, it literally means the Lord remembers. See, not only did God remember Zechariah, but Zechariah, he remembered God. He was, like we talked about, he was walking by faith, not his feelings. His life was righteous and oriented towards God's commands. He was connected to other believers, and he was worshiping. He remembered. He did all of those things to remember God. And that same God who spoke to Zechariah some 2,000 years ago, that's the same God who wants to speak to you today. So the question is, just like Zechariah, are you going to choose to remember him today? See, he's the God who spoke to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's the God who spoke to Moses and to Samuel and David and Daniel. He's the God who spoke through Malachi and to Matthew. He spoke to Zechariah, Elizabeth. He spoke to Mary and Joseph. And he spoke to Jesus until he stopped speaking to Jesus. And you say, well, what are you, what are you talking about? He never stopped speaking to Jesus. And we probably should talk about Jesus because this whole series is about what Jesus did the last week of his life. And you say, well, Kyle, you just said uh, 20 minutes ago that, that nothing happened on Wednesday. Well, the Bible doesn't record anything that Jesus did on Wednesday, but it does record what happened to him later on in the week. So Thursday night, he was arrested, put on trial. And then Friday... Jesus was beaten, and he was mocked, and he was flogged, and he was led up to a hill called Calvary, and he was nailed to a cross, and he was raised up on that cross. And the Bible tells us something really, really interesting about silence and darkness that happened when Jesus was on the cross. So he was led up to, 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 to Calvary about 9 o'clock in the morning. And at the sixth hour, which would have been about 12 noon, the Bible says that the sun was blotted out and darkness came over the land. And then at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice and he said, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means literally, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, everywhere else in Scripture, Jesus had called God Father. They had an intimate relationship. They, they were close. They spoke to one another. They had that community. But on the cross, God the Father literally turned his back away from his begotten Son. He broke the fellowship and the, and the intimacy that they had experienced from eternity past. And Jesus experienced every bit of this in our place. See, Jesus experienced the silence and the darkness of God as our punishment. But what God did in his mercy and in his providence is he took silence and darkness and on the cross he redeemed it to where he used it as punishment on the cross. But for us, now silence and darkness is used for grace. 
And so if you're experiencing a season of silence, if you're experiencing darkness, if you're experiencing a distance from God, you can rejoice today because you know that God's wrath is not on you. It was put on Jesus. It's not out of his anger. It's not out of punishment. There is no guilt. There is no shame. You may be experiencing pain, and you may be experiencing that distance and that, uh, that quietness from God, but you know and you can rejoice that he is using that for your good and for his glory. So today we can worship and we can praise God that all of these things are working together for our good. So today, I want to call us to worship him, not when he comes through, but I want to invite you right now to worship him. Maybe you're in the pain, in the loss, in the death, in the hardship. Maybe you're surrounded by a situation that you don't know how to get out of. In that moment, you can do what Zechariah did, and you can light incense to heaven. You can still raise a song of praise. It may only be a hallelujah, but if a hallelujah is all you got, you just sing that to him and see if that doesn't change your heart. Maybe you've disobeyed him for a season. Maybe you've been in those patterns of sin that we were talking about. And today, maybe today is about repenting and reorienting your life to God's word. Maybe you've tuned him out because life has just gotten too busy. Maybe your schedule is too packed. And today you just need to refocus. Or maybe just like that lost sheep, you have slightly and slowly just kind of wandered off from the herd. Like I said, there was no declaration. There was no big announcement. You just sort of drifted. And today, you need to come home. So I want, you to, I want to encourage you today to do what Zechariah did. In the silence and in the darkness and in the quiet and in the distance, just remember who your God is. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. For your word, Father, we thank you that you are a God who spoke through your word and who continues to speak to us today through your word. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I pray for the rest of this service, Father, that people would respond. And Father, that whatever you would have us to, to say and to, to pray and to speak uh, to you, whatever you would have us, whatever business you want us to do, Father, I pray that we would do it in this time. May your will be done and may you be glorified and honored in everything that we do today. With your heads bowed and eyes closed all across this room, I love that message. That even in the even in the wandering, that we can worship. I love that. I love the thought of that. And I don't know where you might find yourself this week. And somebody in this room, or somebody's watching online, or listening on the podcast, that maybe you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. And Kyle, just so Pastor Kyle just put it so plainly right then, of what the gospel is that we couldn't be good enough to get to God. And so Jesus came for us. And the Bible declares that all of our sin is in between us and God, that it separates us from Him. But thanks be to God for the silence that Jesus endured because it was before, on our behalf. He was willing to die in our spot. That the Bible tells us that there has to be a punishment, a payment for the sin that's in our life, a punishment that is put on something. And Jesus became that punishment for us. Me and you could never be good enough. And if we accept him, man, we'll spend eternity with him. But if we don't, what happens is we'll spend eternity apart from God, apart from Jesus in a place called hell, paying for our own sin. And that would be a travesty because of what Jesus has already done. 
because of what he's already done on the cross, because of his saving grace, because of his forgiveness. And so maybe you're in this place and you have never said yes to that today. Or you never said yes to that, but today you need to. Today you need to say, I need Jesus in my life. I need him to forgive me. I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, I just want you to know I'm really glad you're here. And right now is your time. Right now is your time to respond. Right now is your time to react, to, to reorient, to repent. And I'm going to lead you just in a prayer of repentance. If you've never prayed to receive Jesus, right now this is your time. So you just say something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word. But you can say something like this. Dear Jesus, I want you to come in my life. And I want you to save me. Would you forgive me? Would you, would you be the Lord of my life today? Would you be the Savior of my life today? I know that you died on the cross. I believe that you got out of the grave, and I put my faith and trust in you today. Be the Lord of my life. Save me today, Jesus. In your name I pray. Maybe you're in here. Maybe that's you. Maybe you prayed something like it. Maybe you prayed it word for word, but you meant it in your heart. I just want to tell you that there is a party going on in heaven. That There is not silence that's happening in heaven. No, there is a name that's being declared. It's the name of Jesus. And the fact that one person or many people just came to Jesus, there is a party going on in heaven. I just want to be the first one to just congratulate you. So if that's you and you just prayed to receive Jesus, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Nothing crazy, but would you just raise your hand up in the air and drop it right back down? Say, hey, I just prayed to receive Jesus. You can raise it up, and you can drop it right back down. Anybody else? Say, hey, that's me. Hey, I just prayed to receive Jesus. You can drop it right back down. Anybody else? Hey, that's me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, another thing, if you did just raise your hand, I love that you acknowledged that before me, but here's what I want to tell you, and I'm going to encourage you, is that you would take that, that, that card that's right there in front of your seat pocket, it says, welcome home on. If you would scan that QR code and you would let us know. There's a spot on there. It says, today I said yes to Jesus. All you got to do is take your phone, point it towards that and, and on your camera, and, and it'll take you to a link. Literally fill that out for us because we want to come alongside of you. We don't want this to be a journey just like what Pastor Kyle was saying just then. Man, we want to be a community of people that are believing with you and alongside of you, and we want to encourage you. And so I just want to tell you how proud we are of you, how excited we are for you. So if you would let us know that way, that's one way that you can let us know. You can also let our Connect team know outside at the Connect corner. Even down here in just a few minutes, we're going to have just a response time for our entire church. And if there's something that you need or you want to share that with somebody here in the service, listen, we'll have people on either side of this platform ready to receive you and just say, hey, we love you. We're excited for you. Give you a Bible, a new believer's God. It'll help you with this new faith that you have in Jesus, and we're excited about that. So why don't we do this, Purpose Church? Can we lift our heads? Can we put our hands together? And can we thank God for salvation being in the room today? Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.